In the latest episode of Vamos Verde, we are going to talk to one of the most prolific goal scorers in Major League Soccer history, Austin FC striker Giassi Zardes. We also talked to some folks who have been bringing the soundtrack to Austin's nightlife for over 20 years and are now providing the soundtrack at Q2 Stadium, their official DJ collective, Peligrosa. That's the latest episode of Vamos Verde. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello and welcome to This Song, the podcast that asks artists about songs that transformed them, that changed them, because it is our core thesis that songs can change you. And they can change you in all kinds of ways. Maybe they show you a place, like a musical place, that you want to go, or they can connect you to other people in ways that you never expect. However they do it, the songs that change you, well, those are the songs we want to hear about. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode, we'll hear from Twin Shadow and Michael Ramos, and each of them talked about one song. I only point this out because in previous episodes, we've had these interviews where people ranged around. They didn't just concentrate on one song, but instead they explored lots of different music, like Amelia Meath and Nick Sanborn of Sylvanesso dove into the entire catalog of soul coughing. And Tom Green from Alt-J covered a bunch of his musical influences from the time he was a teenager. But Twin Shadow and Michael Ramos... They each had one very specific experience around a single song. First off, George Lewis Jr., who goes by the stage name Twin Shadow. He has a new record out called Eclipse, and he came to Austin opening for Death Cab for Cutie. And while he was here, he came and did a live performance in Studio 1A, a duo performance, actually, that was incredibly compelling. And I'll post a link to the View House video of that later. He sat down with me afterwards and talked about a song that showed him the place he wanted to go when he was writing songs. So here he is, Twin Shadow. At the risk of sounding typical, I'm going to still go with the song that I think changed everything in terms of um, uh, writing and what um what it means to really explore your your mind and um put that down and onto a record um and i have to say that um sad-eyed lady of the lowlands which is on the end of blonde on blonde yeah the bob dylan song record with your mercury mouth in the missionary times and your eyes like smoke And your prayers like rhymes And your silver cross And your voice like chimes Oh, who do they think could bury you? What I, what I, what I found amazing about that song was um, it, it truly is a song that could go on forever 
um, and like he, it's written. Not only is it a long song, I think it's something like seven minutes or six minutes long or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's written in in a way where it is this circle that continues and it goes on and on and on. And what it does is, once you stop listening to it, you have your own lyrics and your own story that you fit inside of this thing that goes on forever. And I thought that that was really amazing. Because what I, I usually think songs that go on last forever are songs like, like pop songs. And this isn't really a pop song at all. It's not really a blues song. It's not really a folk song. But it's just this, um, it's a, it's a, it's like a meditation that just goes on forever. Said I'd lead you With a set at profit says that no man comes My warehouse has my Arabian drums Should I put them by your gate Or said I'd should I wait with your sheets like metal and your belt like lace? To this day, when I think about it, I just, I just think about it as like um, it's the ultimate like dedication, um, not dedicated to, but dedication to like his own focus on on creating. Um, this like perfect piece of music. So like the dedication of like trying to figure out like this is what I am going to write about and then I am going to like explore Yeah, it's like of it it's like sculpt like like sculpt you know this may sound corny but like 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 sculpting something from a huge chunk of marble like like that it's like a daunting task to create like a figure out of this big square and that's what that song is it's like it is like this beautiful sculpture that um you know like by the end of it you have this like fully formed version of who this sad-eyed lady of the lillians yeah, is but like, it's also like not it doesn't seem like it's been revised like it feels like it just came out and it was just chipping away chipping away chipping away and then once he saw the image that was it it was it was done but it took but it there's a lot of toiling i guess with your silhouette when the sunlight dims into your eyes where the moonlight swims and your matchbook songs and your gypsy hymns Who among them would try to impress you It's like the ultimate artist song. I, I wouldn't say it's like the perfect song for an audience, but it's for, to me, I can imagine him feeling, uh, feeling true, like ecstasy after writing that song like what true when people talk about like success like being 
a successful artist. I mean, there's one thing to be successful in the eyes of other people, but to write something that you can truly like yeah. love and believe in. Like, and so when you, I mean, have there been times when you've like tried to, tried to go to that place? Right. Of, like, I, I think I've felt what, what it may have felt like, but I could never say, um, um, I, I do like always try to have like, or I'd like to have a like real transcendent moment at every song I write. Um, and that doesn't always happen. You know, it's like, it's like a really crazy rare and beautiful thing that you have to really just give yourself up to, uh, your surroundings and, and the atmosphere and your emotions to get to. Um, and I, I, do so you think that it, it involves like letting go of a lot of like, yeah, like notions of yourself and ego and what you should be doing and like, yeah, or or but the, not necessarily letting go of your ego. It's it's more more like, <laughs> I don't know. It's impossible to describe <laughs> that that thing that you do. I mean, it, it's like a total embrace of who you are, the bad parts of you, the good parts of you, and also. Uh, being completely vulnerable to um, outside uh, influence. Um, I don't know. It's that ma- it's that magic that everybody talks about, um, and I think that that song really is magic. Oh, the farmers and the businessmen—they all did decide to show you where the dead angels are that they used to hide but why did they pick you to sympathize with their side how could they ever mistake you I'm pretty sure that every you can be cynical about just about anything in this world but um Music is one of those things, whether you play it or whether you listen to it, um, where you constantly, you can find truths always. Um, it's, it's really easy to see music that is pretentious, um, and it, but it's also really easy to find music that is, um, uh, has a lot of honesty or, or is dishonest in, in a purposeful way and makes you feel excited about life yeah you know there's there's so in that yeah um that's the cool thing about music is there's always magic happening in inside of it so that's what you're in it for like everyone i feel like everyone's in it for you know a different reason but are you kind of like in it to to get those moments of transcendence and those moments of feeling like magic either through songwriting or performing or for sure, I think that that is the, that is the core of, of why I do it. Um, there's a million other reasons as well, you yeah. know, um, which I, I can't deny the, the need for attention, the the um, the excitement of uh, um, the excitement of that attention. Um, I think that I think there's a million reasons to do it, and I don't I don't try to weigh them. Mm-hmm. Um, that the you know. Tr- having the transcendent magical moments shouldn't really outweigh um, my uh, my excitement for when I play live and people clap. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, it's all this very even thing. But when I'm writing music, um, that is what I, yeah, I, I guess I'm trying to achieve those moments. Oh, it's not the right 
here to the top by Twin Shadow from his record Eclipse. And before I go any further, I want to mention that he thought that uh, Sad-Eyed Lady of the Lowlands was six or seven minutes long. It's actually 11 minutes long, 11 good minutes, but that is a long song. And there's that idea, that idea of magic that keeps coming up in these interviews for this podcast, like music as a way to access magic. Let's just say it again, magic. And what do we even mean by magic? Some kind of indescribable transcendent state of being. I'm getting more and more convinced that this is a large part of what we're all in it for. We're all trying to get a glimpse of that magic. Next up is Michael Ramos. Michael is a keyboard player. He's toured with a ton of people like John Mellencamp and Patty Griffin. He's also a producer. In fact, he produced Gina Chavez's record. We talked to her back in episode 13. He's also a band leader, and he leads the Cumbia Lounge band Chirongo Cakewalk. And he'll be leading the house band this Saturday for the Sims 20th anniversary celebration. They'll be backing up musicians like... Patty Griffin and Jimmy Dale Gilmore. And if you don't live in Austin, or even if you do, you may not know about Sims, but it's one of the coolest organizations. They help musicians access mental health care in Austin. It's at low or no cost. And in a town with as many musicians as Austin has, they are incredibly needed and loved. Well, Michael came in to talk about a song that showed him something musically and connected him to those he loved. So here he is, Michael Ramos. This is a song that everybody has heard thousands of times, and it's uh, Booker T and the MGs, and it's Green Onions. And I've always loved that song. people have heard this song so many times if you just listen to it there are so many little intricacies in there little tidbits you know like little rhythms that Booker T is playing on the organ and a lot of people just listen to it and they don't really delve into the details but it's just a beautiful piece of music very simple I mean I I have to say like everyone I've heard that song I I know that song that song is somehow kind of in me cellularly but I can't I have not like listened to that song in that way um, you know, it it probably wasn't until I was in my late 20s, I was like listening to it one day, and I started thinking to myself, hang on a second, there's a lot more to this song than just uh, even when he does those melodies, he does all these tiny little quirky little riffs inside that melody. The, just the opening riff, the you can listen to his left hand, and he's playing this really cool little counter rhythm. Just check it out next time you hear it. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I mean, I I feel like in my mind, Green Onions is a very straight-ahead 
fifth song. Like it just, it's like one melody. You know what I mean? But um, now you know. Now I know. Now I get to listen to it. And you'll never hear it the same way again. That's what happened to me. And then I started trying to learn it, and I was like, "Holy cow! This is, this is a little bit more intricate than I had given it credit for." Yeah. my entire life I'm a keyboard player so I've always been drawn to keyboard songs whether it was piano organ b3 synthesizers and um, so how old were you when you started playing keyboard then I was nine and Mm -hmm. I took lessons from a nun (laughs) and uh, you know I bet that was fun it 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 was actually a lot of fun you know my mom just asked me one day thinking I was gonna say no hey would you like to take piano lessons and I was like sure so you know about a week later it was the day before school started I'm playing football out in the yard with all my little buddies, and here comes this old beat-up pickup with an even older, more beat-up, upright piano <laughs> tied up in the back. The guy dropped it off, and you know it had keys that were stuck and keys that didn't work. And I don't know if you've ever smelled a really old piano, but the ivory kind of has like an old lady smell, you no, know? The ivory has a weird smell. Oh, totally. Oh no. Or maybe I... maybe some old lady owned it. I don't know, but it, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, that was basically my toy. I would come home from school. You know, both my parents worked, and my brother and sister uh, would be with a babysitter somewhere else. And I'd come home, and for two hours, I would just sit there at the piano and just plink out little melodies and stuff. And that's my parents probably had no idea they were scarring me for life, (laughs) you know? I had a really proud daddy moment about a week ago. Uh, my seven-year-old was watching the movie Sandlot, and uh, they used the song in the movie in a very key part of the movie, and it has become his favorite song. So as a daddy, I became really proud, and I became sort of a hero because my son realized I knew how to play that song. So I took him into my recording studio. I fired up the B3. Actually, I fired up the Wurlitzer first, and I was playing it on the Wurlitzer, and he goes, Daddy, can you play the song again on your phone because it doesn't sound the same? I'm like, well, it's played on a B3. And he says, well, let's go hear it on the B3. So we went downstairs, I fired it up, and we had a a nice little moment there. And, um, you know, one of my dearest friends, um, Ian McCloggan, passed away last year. And, you know, we all knew him as Mac. And Ian had so many friends, just just here in Austin alone. And um, I came to find out afterwards that um, Green Onions was his favorite song. Did you go back to that song then and connect with it? I did. As a way of connecting with your friend? The past year, I have, you know, I've sort of found, you know, had a newfound appreciation for it. I, you know, I, he never told me that was his favorite song. I found out, I think, from Scrappy Judd, mm-hmm. Newcomb. Um, and, you know, it just... It made me love him more, made me, you know, love the song more. Yeah. I still get a little choked up, but, yeah. you know, in his anniversary, the anniversary of his death is coming up here in a couple of weeks, December 3rd. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very poignant tune for me. And now that my son loves it, I'm like, okay, I've come full circle. And we get to pass down the love. That's right. Yeah. That's right.
Chicano Zen by Chiranga Cakewalk. And I love this idea that a song can do so much. It can grow in complexity and importance as you get older and deeper into it, and it can connect you to your loved ones, even those who've passed away. Michael mentioned Ian McCloggan, and here in Austin, we'll all be thinking of Mac around the year anniversary of his passing. I'll post some links uh, to Mac's website, to some performances of his, as well as to his MyKUTX, so that you can experience some of the joy that he brought to all of us when he was alive. And that's it. We've come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9. It was produced and edited by myself, Elizabeth McQueen, and David Sanger. The interviews were recorded by Cliff Hargrove and Art Levy. Thanks to Peter Babb for everything he does, both for the station and for this podcast. And our theme song is Mahoot by Austin's own hard-proof Afrobeat. You can email us at this song at KUTX.org or tweet us at this song KUTX. You can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts, liner notes, song of the day, and Austin Music Minute on iTunes or follow us on Stitcher and KUTX has podcasts. So does our sister station KUT. One of my favorites is The Secret Ingredient. I've talked about it before. But in this episode, their guest draws a parallel between prison food and gentrification in large cities. It's amazing. You should totally check it out. And, you know, if you have a moment, we'd love a rating or a review for any of the KUTX or KUT podcasts early. Right on. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you later. KUT's next AT Explained Live show is April 3rd. Brand new stories about Austin's people, places, and culture told live on stage by your favorite KUT journalists. I've never gotten any specific invites from Steiner Ranch. And that's about the time Charlie chomped down on that chicken. I will hypnotize you into securing my law services. Join us April 3rd at the Paramount Theater for KUT's next AT Explained Live. Tickets are on sale now. Get them at austintheater.org. And we'll see you there.